Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we've got another great artist for you today. In fact, our second one today, which is really cool. we got Hannah Anders. Yes. And we've kind of been friends with her on Facebook for, I think, a couple of years now. And I've been kind of following her career yeah. and really like what we're seeing. I really think that she's got something. So, Hannah, are you here? I am here. Hey, hey. Hey, how you how are you handling all this um What's going on? Oh, you know, I, I it com- it comes and goes. I've got days where I'm I'm like, okay, it's gonna be fine. You know, we just gotta hang in there. And then I've got days where I'm like clawing at the walls. You know, I'm just like ready to be back on the road and playing. But you know, I'm I'm trying to like practice just gratitude every day that I'm healthy and that I've got a roof over my head. You know, there's so many things we take for granted, and I think it's important to sort of stop and take inventory of that yeah I, oh I think, yeah you know, we, we get it we do a little bit of food delivery in the evening and what something we've mm-hmm. noticed since all this is we've been noticing a lot of families hanging out together um walking yeah. the streets and stuff like that so if anything else if nothing else comes from this at least we're seeing families come together i agree i agree yeah, I think I think there's a lot of things, you know, we'll sit out on our back deck and we can see people even just walking together as families in the neighborhood that we've never, we never knew lived in our neighborhood. We've never seen them <laughs> out and about, you know, like, oh, I didn't know the people yeah. lived here. And it's just that everybody yeah. is just spending the time. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is, um, you know, you see all these people out running and all that who you've never seen before. I think they do that at the gym a lot of times. So now they have no choice That's to run on the road. Terrible. That's probably true. <laughs> so as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a little brief overview of you and some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music. Sure. Well, uh, I grew up in Georgia in a little small town north of Atlanta. Um, I was born in Texas, but we did not live there very long, probably just the first few months of my life before my my family moved. Um Mm-hmm. And so Georgia is really my home state. That's where I really feel like I'm from and where I grew up. And mm-hmm. I started, um, I had a love of music very early. I come from a really musical family. Uh, my grandmother taught me to play the piano and my mom and dad both sing really well. And my cousins are all very musical. So music was just a very natural part of our gatherings and everyday life. Um, but my parents will tell you that, in the way that I was different is that I wanted to perform. My cousins are all very talented, oh, wow. but they were just more hobbyists, you know. Um, yeah. But from like age three, I would be doing my own, I'd be putting on my own talent shows and forcing them to sit through them. And I'm sure that was horribly boring as a parent, but they were really good sports about it. Um, and so my parents <laughs> kind of knew really early that I had that bug, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And. So mm-hmm. I, they were really nurturing through that whole process, and I, I started songwriting when I was in high school and then started recording at that same time. And um, so I just always knew that music was going to be it for me, and, and not only music, but per- performing and entertaining was very much a passion. And so when I graduated high school, I moved to Nashville and went to Belmont University, and I did my undergrad there in voice and mm-hmm. then uh, moved to Los Angeles. I was there for almost eight and a half, nine years, and just moved back to LA like or I'm sorry back to Nashville like uh, two years ago now so it's been a crazy ride <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you got the bug so was it the first time you got on the stage that that music bug happened or how did that happen can you remember that you moment? know I, I it was kind of born in I mean I I can remember being very little and and wanting to be in front of people and perform um mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. I will tell you the first few times I got on stage where I actually was like in front of a band and I had performed was very nerve-wracking it's a completely different experience <laughs> when it's not your family and they don't just love you no matter yeah. what you do mm-hmm. um but there's just there's just no feeling like that in it and you know mm-hmm. there's you've got these runs where you're out on the road and and you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's exhausting and you're getting three hours of sleep a night and you're moving from our last run we just did in March was like that. I mean, I, we were so sleep deprived and, you know, a lot of it is driving and gas stations and hotels and, and then, but you get on stage and you have that moment and the lights come up and everybody's singing with you and you're like, that's it. That is, I'm literally spending 22 hours of my day for this two hours right here, you know? 
Oh, wow. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have that feeling about it or it will wear you down way too fast, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I usually do this the other way, but because you went there, I'm kind of going to flip the script a little bit first. Because usually okay. I have you say a little bit of highs, and then we go to the low part. But I think you led perfect into my low part because here's where I want to go with this. Um, I always like yeah. to I always like to talk about the struggle side too, not just the good. Because I think everybody right. talks about the good, but mm-hmm. people don't get to hear the sacrifices y'all make. And here's where I want to go with this. Back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls, and when they were full time with music, and um, they were, um, I asked Allison what was what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And her words were, she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time in music. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, please go do that and, don't, and just keep yeah. music as a hobby. She goes, because once you go full-time, everything changes. She said that, she goes, yes, it's your path. She goes, we love what we do, but now it's a job. Now we have to do what we do. It's no longer mm-hmm. that, we have, that we love it, even though we do, but we ha- if we got we could have a bad day today, a worse day. But tonight, if we got a gig, we can't just cancel. It's a job to mm-hmm. us now. Yep. So we have to go do yep. that. You know, our even though me, she said, even though my me and my daughter are the artists, um, our whole family has to sacrifice. It's not just us. And then she said, yep. but if if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music then go all in because in t- unless you're all in, that's the only way that this will be, this ride will be worth it. Yeah. That, sac- that, that kind of sacrifice. That's so very true. What do you think about what she said? And let's go there a little bit about the sacrifices, the struggles just to make it to where you are even today. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell people a lot, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, this is, <laughs> this is mm-hmm. an industry where, you're not necessarily successful on your merit. There are really, mm-hmm. really talented artists that will never, ever become profitable enough to sustain a career because the mm-hmm. amount of money it costs, the amount of people that have to be around you, the amount of people in your inner circle that are willing to stay home. And I don't have kids, but the people that have kids, the spouses that are willing to stay home and He's technically single parent when we're out on the road. A lot of my band members are married with children. You know, uh, my fiance, just to stay home and hold things down, we have dogs. You know, he can't just pick up and go. There's there's sacrifice from as small a level as someone's just got to be home keeping the household running all the way up to financial and emotional and, and personal dream sacrifices from the people around you because they're valuing your dream above their own. And that is not something mm-hmm. to be taken lightly. And then on top of that, the sacrifices that you make as an individual, because this has to become the thing that you eat, sleep, and breathe. And if it's not that, then it should. They're absolutely right. It should just be a hobby because it's too hard. It's too expensive. <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of return on investment for a long time. And there's mm-hmm. so much rejection and there's so much of your success that's determined by someone else's opinion, the mood they're in that day. If they feel mm-hmm. like they yeah. want to book you that festival or they want to sign you to that deal I mean they could have had a crap day and everything you do is going to upset them it doesn't matter how great you came in and did you know um and there isn't a day off and and I she's totally right I mean we've toured internationally you're you're jet lagged you haven't slept in three days all you want to do is curl up and go to bed and you've got to go out (laughs) and get a show like like Uh you're playing Madison Square Garden it doesn't matter for us as a band whether there's you know, 100 people or, or 10,000 people, you give the same of yourself every single time. And then yeah. on top of that, you've got meet and greets and press, and you have to be in a place where your love of this is greater than literally anything else. Because I, I do feel that if, it's, if you don't know why you're doing this and you don't have a drive to keep you going in a support system, I think as well that's where the substance abuse problems come in. That's where, you know, people mm-hmm. people's marriages fall apart. There's all kinds of side effects of this thing that are really hard, and I think it's really important yeah. to acknowledge that, you know. Most definitely, and we definitely understand where you're coming from because, you know, this show doesn't make money yet. You know, yeah. one day it will. 
that's the dream, yes. like just like y'all have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have to be all in with this because again, you know, it's if we're doing if we want to do anything else, we kind of can't do this show. It, be, it, it takes sucks so much out of us, and we love right. it. But again, you know, mm-hmm. we have to be on this, and you know, again, this we're doing interviews every day, and sometimes two a day. In fact, today's one of the two two a day, and I love and believe me, I love to talk, so I love this. But it can be draining <laughs> yeah. too, and, and you yeah. know, with, I mean, there's a thousand different um, hosts like us out there. Probably, well, probably more than that. But you know, but you, but it's just like y'all. You know, there's just so many people. But you know, this is where I come from with this show. Back in 2014, we originally launched New Country Buzz, and I, it took off a little bit, and then 2015. It just got too much, and I shut it down. Mm-hmm. Well, it was one of them things where when you walk away from something, that's when you really know if you're supposed to do it. <laughs> and um, yeah. it, ate, it ate me alive. I mean, every six months. And I mean, I pushed away so much that we even um, let go of the domain, New Country Buzz. I mean, it was that far away. But every six months, I guess God would put it in my heart to go look at the domain. I guess he kept trying to push because I'd look it up. Up, oh, still available. Six months later, still available. By the end of 2018, I thought it was still available. I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? This has ate me alive since, for three years. We yeah. need to relaunch. The domain's still here. We need to relaunch and just and finish what we started. Cause we promised a lot of people a lot of stuff, and we did, and we just shut down. We needed to finish what we started. And she was like, let's do it. And here it is, you know, last year was the foundation of New Country Buzz, and end of last year we came up with the whole idea of the Chris and Sandy show, and now you're our seventh interview since January 3rd. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. So, so it's one of them things that, like you said, unless you're willing to be all in, your love has to, afford, has to be higher than the sacrifices because – there was, like there was a couple weeks ago, there was um, three days where we didn't interview anybody. And I guess I got some what, mm-hmm. grouchy. Sandy was like, go, in, go, so you're grouchy, go interview somebody. Go yeah. book somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job, Sandy. Good job. <laughs> yeah. But we totally understand where you're coming from on that. We do. Yeah. We get it. Yeah, yeah, you guys absolutely get it. And and it's, I think that that's true of really any dream, right? No matter mm-hmm. what your dream is, mm-hmm. if your dream is something that requires you to be entrepreneurial and self-employed and and creative, then I think these emotions are really, really universal for people, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's been, you know, it's been a fun ride, but we know this is only the beginning, you know? So, Absolutely. and we know for you that this is only the beginning. You know, we d- we definitely been watching mm-hmm. where you've been going and all that, and we're definitely proud that you're on our show. Oh well, thank you so much for having me. I'm proud to be here. So, um, let's flip it back the other way, and you know, we talked about the little struggles, and we'll probably get more into that later too, because um, again, I like I like people to hear the truth about what what it really takes. But tell us yeah. some moments where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. Let's lighten up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know what? And, and, and Both are important, like you said. I think it's important to not glamorize it, and I also think it's important to acknowledge the successes. Yep. And I think that when, when your goals are grand, and you guys can probably appreciate this, when you have grand goals that, that are larger than life, it's really easy to, to miss the opportunity to Stop and just on the back when you reach the smaller goals that are necessary to hit the big goal, Mm -hmm. you know, we're so Mm -hmm. high on the prize that you just start barreling through all of these things that happen that are critical to your success, but they're, they feel small. And so I think that that can sort of lead to this like very unhappy state of being. And so in the last few years, I've really tried to stop and do that and be like, Hey Hannah, like hit the brakes for like, I don't know, 90 seconds, and just acknowledge that Mm -hmm. this is a really cool moment, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And recently, in the last few years, one of the really coolest things I've gotten to do is we've had a little bit of success overseas in the U.K. and Ireland. And um, 
have gotten to tour over there quite a bit. We just got back. We were there in November for three weeks because while I still got time, which was our last release, went to number two on the charts over there. And, um, mm. and so we got to go and do a press and media and radio tour, which was exhausting but so much fun. Um, and, and there were many times that we're driving. I think we did, like, I'm not kidding you. I think we did 19 radio interviews and press stops in under three weeks through wow. Oh, wow. England, Scotland, and Ireland. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, when we talk about exhausted. And there was a moment where we were driving through the Scottish countryside, okay, which is like not a small thing, but we're so desensitized and tired. And we're on our way to an interview, and I'm just kind of cranky. And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, and I didn't sleep, and we're in these tiny little European beds. And how do people live like this? You know, I'm just, like, not in a good mood. And I I stopped myself. I'm looking out the window, and I stopped myself. And I was like, Hannah, you are literally driving through the Scottish countryside, which couldn't be more beautiful, okay? It's like so there's a postcard everywhere you look around you. And you are doing a trip that many people will dream of and never get to do, let alone get to do it because you're sitting at a number two spot on the music charts mm-hmm. over here. And it just yeah. immediately shifted my mentality in that moment. I got to stop and just that was such, and it was a small moment in the car, you know, for the hundredth mm-hmm. time in mm-hmm. a week. But I just getting to, to acknowledge that I was on this trip and I was on this trip for work and that I was there because people were enjoying our music and they wanted to talk to me about our music was like, that's the moment where you stop and you're like, this is what I'm working for and it's happening. And okay, the bed in the Airbnb has probably been there for 150 years, whatever. Like, it's okay. And, <laughs> and everything will be fine. And, you know, and I just, I just, there's been moments like that. There's those moments in shows. We've had a couple great shows where you, you've got to pause and you just look out and mm-hmm. people are singing and they're cheering and you just stop and take those moments. Like that's what you're working for from the smallest thing to, to the biggest stage moment to, to, to just stop and go, this is the thing I've been working my life for and I'm doing it. It's happening right now. And it's never as glamorous as you think it's going to be. It's as hard a work as you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have tried so hard to, to make the pauses in my life and acknowledge. And so mm-hmm. probably that trip happened in November. I, I really wow. started to practice that when I caught myself just being a grump, you know, and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. acknowledge what a cool thing that that was that I was getting to do. And, and you know, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there are there are nights to where I tell Sandy, "Is this even worth it?" I mean, sometimes I want to give up, you know, because it's, yeah. it's such a hard road um, yes. to take. And I don't care what part of me. And again, all to to go to the top of any industry is tough. Yep. Yes, it is. But I think music's yep. the toughest industry to make it no matter what area of music you're in, whether you're a singer, whether you're a host, whether you're – because, we, I mean, we're competing with Bobby Bones. I mean, how do you right. do that? But there are moments to where I'm, like, frustrated because I'm, I want – you know, we're steadily growing, but I'm waiting for that like, big breakthrough moment. And and yeah. you know and Sandy has to pull me off the cliff sometimes, <laughs> and and then I have to sit then I sit down and I, and I go through some of the people that we've interviewed, and I realize you know what, to be less than four months old, we we've, we've got more artists that most hosts would love to have on their show but never do. Right. I don't know what. Right. I, yeah, all I can say true. is God's been part of this because it's. It's been an amazing thing. And again, I know we've been around the industry for years, so that's I think why we got a lot of trust from people. But still, the show started January third, and right. we're getting mm-hmm. people that we thought would take one or two years to come on our show. You know, so you know, so sometimes I have to remind myself. You know what? It might be moving slowly, but yeah. you're still moving, and it's still climbing, right. and you're still growing, and it's that's frustrating. Right. And it's like, you know, this, this is probably the perfect example of what I think, and I think all artists would feel this. It feels like we're pushing, just me and Sandy, are pushing this big boulder up a hill. And it's just mm-hmm. us right now. And we're pushing, and we're pushing. And, and we, we, we can't see around the boulder. 
We know where we're going, but we can't see around the boulder. So we don't know where that top of that hill is where, where then the boulder will descend, and it takes no force from us hardly. But we don't know right. where that is. That's how mm-hmm. I feel right now. It's like we're pushing and pushing and pushing, and it's like, is it coming? And I know it's coming. And, you know, again, and I, I reached out to Ty Bentley. Um, we, me and him tweet back and forth a lot. And I'll tag, and I'll put, a, I'll post, you know, I post a lot of heavy stuff on Facebook, and I'll post something about these feelings of back and forthness of how I'm feeling. And I'll go to Twitter, and I'll tweet Ty and say, am I the only one here? Because, again, I want to know what another host feels like. I know artists feel this way, but do other hosts feel this the same way I feel? And he'll tweet me back, oh, my God, you said it perfect. That's exactly how I feel even at my level. And I'm sitting there like, and then I'm like, well, that, mm-hmm. well, I, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, I don't know if I, I, I like the idea that at his level, he still feels that way. But then I'm also don't know if I like that level because <laughs> I'm like, you mean this <laughs> feeling I have of inadequacy is going to just keep with me? Craziness? Probably <laughs> because you'll hit, you'll hit that level and your eye will be on the next prize. That's just how <laughs> it works, you know? Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. So who's been some of your musical influence through your life? You know, that I, I get that question probably in every interview. And I, you know what, I, if you might find this funny. I was at, like, uh-huh. interview number 800 on this media tour. And, and that question is really common. <laughs> who are your musical yeah. influences? People want to know what inspired you to be who you are. And I found myself kind of giving these answers of, of people that I just like, you know, and I, I got back yeah. in the car and I'm with my guitar player and I said, you know what? I'm going to stop and think about influences, like not artists I grew really? up enjoying, yeah. but artists that actually mm-hmm. influenced me and they're not always going to be country music. And I always feel like yeah. that's kind of this taboo thing, yeah. right? My guitar player <laughs> said to me, he's like, no, that's the question. They want to know like, what got you, like who got you performing? And my guitar player is asking me this question. Mm-hmm. Who did you watch perform for the first time and you thought, I got to do that? And I said, you're going to laugh, but it's Paula Abdul. She's the first concert I oh, ever wow. saw in, in person. I oh, was wow. little. I was probably yeah. eight years old. I'm going to date myself here. I was probably eight <laughs> years old, and I loved Paula Abdul, and I had her on cassette tape, y'all, cassette tape. And I <laughs> would run around my house singing Paula Abdul, and my dad, she was coming to Atlanta, and my dad got concert mm. tickets to take me and he didn't tell me what we were doing and he took me to this giant arena in Atlanta and I'm eight okay I'm tiny I had to get on my dad's shoulders I couldn't see anything (laughs) and I was like what are we doing here and all of a sudden the arena starts to chant for her and I I almost had a heart attack (laughs) I couldn't believe we were there to see Paula Abdul time you know I realize now that might seem funny because I think probably younger generations only know her as an American Idol judge but like at that time Paula Abdul yeah. was one of the hottest entertainers in the world, an incredible yeah, dancer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she was she had great songs. And it wasn't that necessarily I was, I obviously have not musically gone that direction, but watching this, like, powerful, strong woman get up on stage and dance with a holographic <laughs> cat, if anybody can remember that, um, you know, and, oh, and yes. <laughs> fill this arena. I knew in that moment I had to do it. I watched her. Oh, and then, wow. And that was probably my performance inspiration. And then, of course, as I grew up, I was exposed to all the great women of country music. And, you know, I grew up on Faith and Trisha and Reba and Shania. That was really, that was my time. And then as I got a little older, I mm-hmm. got really into Southern rock and into Leonard Skinner. <coughs> and then we went to classic rock and ACDC and Aerosmith. And those are really the things that started to take over my musical yeah. Down. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. really find a home for myself in straight ahead pop country. It wasn't really speaking to my soul. And as we started to take mm-hmm. the more southern rock country route, I kind of started to come alive on the inside. So I that's really where and and now kind of modern day artists. I mean, I love Chris Stapleton. I love Miranda Lambert. Mm-hmm. I love. I have oh, wow. got a great class of of country artists right now, and I I don't subscribe to the. You know, you get people that are pretty angry that country music is taken on all of these subgenres of pop yeah. and bro country. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. I think what we've done is and make country music available we, to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And we feel the exact same way because you know what? Even now, we think that sometimes bro country can go too far, and I think radio took it too far. It's not bro country didn't go too far. Radio kind of took it too far because when bro country came along, or the term I should say, was when um, I think a lot of the women started getting cut out of country radio. Because before that, you heard a lot of women in the 90s being played on the radio. Mm -hmm. But once 2000 hit, and and, and granted, we know it's not bro country itself that did it. It was because we loved Florida Georgia Line. We loved the song Cruise. You know, you cruise. I mean, we, that's a great song to cruise with, you know. It we is. love a lot of those. So, and, and we're like you. We think that there's room for everybody in country music. We watched that eight-hour miniseries with, that country, with country music on TV mm. um, uh, six months ago. And, yeah, it, right. and, it, yeah. it, and it went through every generation. And it, and it was amazing that, you know, because, you know, people always say, well, that's not Johnny Cash or that's not Merle Haggard or that's, you know, that's not so-and-so. And it's funny because the people that they're naming in their day, they was the talk that they weren't country music. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Every one of these generations. Yeah. It's like you've got to have these these innovators that come in, and whether or not you're a fan is your completely your discretion. But the reality is that nothing stays the same. Nothing stays stagnant. Yep. And, and the truth is that mm-hmm. country music got very pigeonholed as country western, and so you got people that are like, oh, I don't listen to country. Well, that has changed around the world. I mean, yep. people, there is a mm-hmm. there is a country artists for everybody and I think that that is great and I I love the mashup of all these different genres and I think it makes country so unique because not a lot of genres can say hey we can incorporate hip-hop rock pop Mm -hmm. bluegrass you know whatever (laughs) we have a trap beat with little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus you know like really it's it's amazing and I, I think that I'd love to get to a world where, where there is no genre division. You know, Europe is really great about that. They don't have as much like, oh, country radio. They just play everything. There's, you don't talk to people huh. over there and hear them go, oh, I don't listen mm-hmm. to fill in the blank. They, just, they listen to everything, you know? Um, oh, wow. And so I, I know I that. Of, yeah, I kind of feel like people in country music now have allowed for a broader sweep of listeners, and I think that's great. That is awesome. So what drives Hannah? <laughs> oh, gosh. Caffeine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sometimes I don't even know that I've got an answer for that other than this kind mm-hmm. of just divine thing that got put into my soul at birth, and it just is this relentless drive to make music, to perform, to connect. I love people. I love people. So going and getting to perform and meet and greet and talk to people, and, I mean, it's truly, for me, a soul feeder because I think that there's nothing like music to connect all kinds of people from every walk of life and every background. And and so it's this just collective drive to to connect, to perform, to create um, mm-hmm. and to be better than mm-hmm. myself the next day. I mean, and sometimes it's to a fault, you know, like I think of the personality type that does what, what we do is a unique personality mm-hmm. type and we have our, our deficiencies, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I definitely, it is a deep, deep drive to go forward every day. I mean, a, a sane person would have quit a long time ago. I mean, there's just no question that, <laughs> that only kind of a crazy person continues this. <laughs> so I, will, I will happily sit in that class of crazy people, but I, it's uh yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, like, Stability be damned, I'm going after it, you know, and I think that that's not that's not technically the norm right? how people think about their lives, but um, and you know, yeah, the drive to connect and create really keeps me and going. I love that because you can tell the passion comes through you, and passion is powerful, and like um, yeah. I always try to tell people, please don't steal the passion from people because people will try to steal that from people. And um, oh, yes. like I've got friends of mine, you know, 
who and I you know you you hear people on Facebook and I say that artists should get real jobs and all that and I cringe I cringe when I hear that I've stopped people and said look don't tell an artist to get a real job they actually got multiple jobs to be honest with you if they're an independent artist and they have a passion mm-hmm. to live for so they got something better than a real job but I've got friends of mine that's been at say their job and I'm putting it in quotes here <laughs> at their job <clears throat> for say 15 years and again not everybody is fits this category but there are people that fit this category they've been there for 15 years and they're miserable and you talk to them you're like well god you know you got this great lifestyle you got this great family you got this great career and uh, and sometimes if they're honest they'll stop you and say the career is the problem and and when you dig deep and you ask them what do you mean the career is the problem oh i never wanted to do this my parents or my friends or society pushed me that oh you've got to have this six-figure type job you got to have you know, you've got to go in this career if you want to ever make it in anything. You know, so I went this way knowing that that's not my passion. So now they've been living this lie for 15-plus years, and they're destroying their life because they're miserable. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that, that, <clears throat> that happens far too often, I think. And I, and I tell that story on every episode because I, I want people who listen – to hear that closely, especially parents, because yeah. they can be the first people to say, you know what, yeah, I don't know if you've got that talent. You know what, maybe they don't. Support them anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. let, them, let them crash and burn. You know, they, that's the way they're going to grow and figure out who they are, and, and maybe music is it. Maybe it's not. But you know what, they'll figure that out. But while they're figuring that out, you can be there to pat them on the back and say, I'm proud of you. That's what they need. Well, absolutely. I mean, the world is going to beat you up enough. And if you don't have what it takes, you'll figure it out pretty quick. I mean, if you can't sing or you can't play or whatever the issue is, you know. But I I would much rather look back and say, you know what, I gave it a go. And the truth is, I just, it wasn't for me. I just didn't have the skill set. I I got into the pool and I realized I was out of my (laughs) element there. And so I made yeah. a decision to do mm-hmm. something else with my life versus having that creativity cut off and being told, no, you shouldn't even give it a go. I, I think I think there's a lot more regret there, you know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, cause I always tell people, you know what, we don't know what's going to happen with the Chris and Sandy show and New Country Media and all that. All we're doing is we got this vision. We're going forward. But, but I would rather get to the end of my life to look back and say, you know what, it may have never come true but at least I gave it my all instead of looking back wondering what if. Right. Right. I, I agree with you. <clears throat> and, you know, like, like when you watch interviews with these big artists, a lot of times hosts are taken aback. Because, you know, our society plants at people's heads that you've got to have this plan B. You've got to. And yeah. I've, I've always heard that if you have a plan B, you might as well pursue that because that will be your plan A. It's just once once the struggles come, mm-hmm. your plan B becomes your plan A. It's just very few people can say that that's not true. Now, there's been a few people I know that did have a plan B. They went that way, and then they came back to music, and that's, but that's not the norm. The norm is that if you've got a plan B, that becomes your plan A when the struggles hit. But, but a lot of hosts I've noticed on TV, when they're interviewing some of the big artists, they're like, they're, I love the question. If you if you didn't make it in music, what would you be doing now? Do you think? And ninety not not all of them, but ninety percent of their answers have been almost like to something to the nature of musician. Yeah. And they're like, you didn't have a plan B. No, I didn't. It was this or die. Right. And I love that answer. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I get asked a lot. What would you do if you weren't an artist? I, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> it's like to me, it's like I, I don't know what you mean. I'm never, I, you can't not be who you are. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That that's just like with the whole, you know, when we when Finn and I first um, met, seven or married seventeen years ago. I was one of these people that wanted to be this motivational speaker in front of thousands of people. So I listened to audio tapes. And of course, that's dating me back now. The audio tapes <laughs> back 
um, 24-7. She was 24-7 music. So when we married, um, we had to figure a compromise. We did. We, we ended up listening half and half. So that way we could have a balance there between each of us. But I was one of them that wanted to do that and all that, you know. But it, everything changed because she – I always joke with people that she brainwashed me into this music stuff, you know. But, you know, now I'm all in. But it, it was one of the things mm-hmm. to where now I'm at the point to where I can't imagine not doing this show. I can't yeah. imagine it. Yeah. Well, then you're doing the right thing. That's, that's how you know because you can't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> You know? <laughs> and that's where we are. And, and you know what? It's a great place to have a little break. We're going to have a small commercial break, and then we're going to listen to your song, um, How's That Sound? And then we'll come back, oh, and we'll, okay. play this, and we'll um, talk about that song and how it came together. Okay. Sounds good. I just, I, I hang on. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
love that song. Thank oh, you. yes, love it. Great song. Thank you so much. That's a really hardcore song. So what inspired that song? Yeah, you know, it's kind of going to encompass everything we've been talking about. I, I got in the studio uh, to do this album, the Good Time album, which is what this is off of, and uh, I wanted to write something that really sort of embodied a lot of the struggle that I felt like I had been through. You know, I'd been stuck in, mm-hmm. in really bad contracts and you, you know, you think people are good people and you find out they're not good people and now it's too late, you know, you kind of have to wait it out. And I wanted to write about that, but I also wanted to write about how, you know, yes, okay, these things happen and, 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 and the homage to that is sign my name on the dotted line and where mm-hmm. these chains while I bide my time is really just being stuck, you know, and then, all right, here I am, mm-hmm. I've signed this thing. I, I'm not what I thought it was going to be. But coming out of that and making sure that you're picking yourself up, you know, if you're on this planet and you're here, you've got to move forward. You've got to find the light at the end of that tunnel. And it's a one-way ticket, man. And if you don't use the time you've got, then it's over. And you've got to make sure that you are not allowing these hard times to get the best of you. And and when we shot mm-hmm. the video, I mm-hmm. want that visual element to be there and so we shot it as a jailbreak and the jailbreak was just really a giant visual for every time I have felt trapped and stuck and unable to get out or move forward or whatever these circumstances were and at the end you know I escape and and this is sort of a and you know that analogy of like you know you're in charge of your own destiny you know go forward so it was a really personal song for me I was so glad it got to be a single I was even more happy it got to be a video um, and uh, favorite mm-hmm. of mine. Yeah, that's definitely power- powerful because, you know, with my wife and I, we've been married 17 years, and people put us down all the time because we've been pretty much a 24-7 couple the whole 17 years. We've done gig stuff mm-hmm. and done all different stuff to stay afloat so mm-hmm. that we could stay together because, to be honest, I married her um, to be with her, not apart from her. I just see marriage different than a lot of people, and that's okay. It's You know, if they don't see it that way, that's that's fine. I get that. You know, you don't have to live yeah. like we live, but we get put down for living like this. And, but, you know, th- there's one thing that I won't be able to say, and that's when I'm on my deathbed, I won't be able to look back and say, I wish I spent more time with my wife. That's yeah. impossible. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, and I don't know. And that's one of the things that I think is a big regret when people um, who are on their deathbed is time with their family. And that's why I'm yeah. glad that although – We've sacrificed a lot to live this way. So I'm grateful that we have done that sacrifice because there are some regrets that we just won't have. We just won't have, you know, Absolutely. and I treasure that. And, and you know, we always Absolutely. smell the roses. I, mean, I think that's one of my biggest problems. You know, I like to have the fun and all that. And sometimes smelling the roses um, can lead me down the wrong way, as in then, then I, the work I need to do, it doesn't get done. <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> that happens to all of us. So. Yeah, it does. You know, as you can tell in the um, the the DISC um, thing that they have for personality styles, I'm I'm the influencer person where I gotta have you know unless it's fun I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's always been my yeah. model. <laughs> and Fair if it's enough. not fun, I'll find a way to make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. That's great. I think that's a great quality. <clears throat> so as you know, um, in within the whole music genre, you everybody sees you, the artist. They, you know, yeah. but there's a there's a lot of people behind you, from your PR people to your manager to everybody, that if they don't perform, you can't do what you do. So they, so you have to have a quality team behind you. But fans don't get to see that. And that was one thing I wanted to always do on my show is create an environment where we can talk about that. So tell us a little bit about your team so that fans can see, you know what, it's not you, but your team helps make you do what you what you can do. Absolutely. I mean, you're kind of only as strong as your as your weakest team member, you know? Um and I'm only one person, there's only so many hours in the day, there's only so many skill sets I've got and I know my lane and there's lanes I should not traverse into so I think that you've got to know where your Mm -hmm. goals are and and where your strengths and weaknesses are as a person you know being entrepreneurial requires a lot of self-awareness and this is no Mm -hmm. different this is a music business you have got to be business savvy and aware of where you're deficient 
Make sure you're filling up those holes with people that excel in the areas that you're deficient. And not and really your job should be to just perform. I wish that that was the way it was, but it ain't. It is a business. It's a 24-7 business. So I'm first and foremost really, really lucky. My fiancé has been my record producer as well uh, for the last 10 years. Um, so it all starts with your music, right? And I'm really fortunate mm-hmm. because much like you and mm-hmm. Sandy, you know, he's my partner and my person and we – brainstorm and we write and we think and we, you know, how is the next thing going to be different? And then really mm-hmm. close to that is my band. You know, I you can't perform without musicians. Musicians are the only person treated worse than a, than a singer and entertainer is their musicians. I mean, I think <laughs> habitually musicians are really, really poorly compensated. They're really poorly treated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're treated as extremely replaceable elements of a band and it just could not be mm-hmm. further from the truth. Mm-hmm. No one wants to hear yeah. me get up there and sing acapella for 90 minutes. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I, I mm-hmm. just, they just don't, you know, and I am so fortunate. I, um, Bruce Florence, who's my lead guitar player, my musical director, we have been in this, we have been together now in a band for 10 years. I mean, he is my original yeah. lead guitar player. We've been wow. all over the world together. Um, you know, and I, I, every member of my band, I just have extreme value for it, especially because you want to talk about sacrifices. When you're early in this business, it's like, hey, guys, we booked a gig, and it doesn't pay, but there's 5,000 people there, and, you know, we've got to pay for gas and whatever. Mm. You know, you've got to have a team that's like, okay, we're in. We believe in this. We believe in you enough to spend our time, mm-hmm. effort, and energy mm-hmm. to go and do that. Um, so I can't really praise my band enough. I can't praise them enough for the, you know, travel and the sleepless nights and the bad pay and all, you know, and all the things and I make sure that they're compensated first. I think that's really important as a business owner. You usually mm-hmm. last down the total mm-hmm. pole. Um, <laughs> yep. So I've got, you know, great producer, great band. Uh, I've got great PR team um, over at core PR, you know, and, and you need somebody there kind of fielding those things and, and making sure that you're getting the right opportunities. Um, and, you know, and, and beyond that, I have an incredible support system. I have an amazing family, um, you know, my, my grandmother shares everything I do on Facebook, <laughs> you know, in her eyes, oh, I wow. want a Grammy, you know, and, uh, my mom and dad and my <laughs> sister, my whole family is just behind me 110%. So, awesome. um, for me, I just don't really know how I would do it without that element, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's people in place and there's a lot that I still handle on my own. I'm an independent artist. So there are a lot of day-to-day things that you've got to just suck it up and put your big girl pants on and do it. You know, it's sometimes it's not fun. It's administrative stuff, but, um, you know, I, it, there's also a lot to be said for like, where do you spend your money and resources and who do you hire and put in place and where can you learn a skill or up your work ethic a little bit so that you can preserve resources until such a time that you're able to put somebody else in that place. So it's a kind of a constant dance of your team. And, um, but all <laughs> I can tell you is you got to have one, what, whatever that looks like yep. from supporting mm-hmm. musicians to press to I'm mixed on managers. You know, I've had several in my life and I really think that unless you're at a place where your career is unmanageable by yourself yeah. and you're making enough of an income that you can lose 20% of it to somebody, then, then you have no business getting a manager too soon. Um, and, and really I think the best management relationships come when they scout you versus you begging somebody to manage you, you know? Um, so I do think there's roles that can, that can wait to be filled and they're just more ego roles. Like I have a manager. It's like, that's great. That manager is actually like a (laughs) former exec at a label and they've got a, you know, a Rolodex and they can open doors for you. Fantastic. Those people are usually going to charge a huge retainer every month and it better be financially Mm. worth it to have them, you know? So, so don't get bent. If you're a new artist, don't get bent. And I have to have a manager. No, you have to have a great live show and good music and a solid online presence and be a viable product that can be managed and, and, and branded and sold. Otherwise you're going to be kind of dead in the water, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, um, you talk a lot about your family. Tell us a parent story where they stepped up um, and went above and beyond, and you were like, wow, they really do not only get it, but they believe in me. Oh, my gosh. I have a hundred of those. I mean, I have uh, – there's a, an example probably every day where my parents do that. And um, 
the first one that came to my head was really early in my career here in Nashville. I had just lost my first record deal. Um, the, the CEO of the label made a pass at me. I refused it, and I was let go. That that still happens. Oh, wow. A uh, lady stands oh, your ground. Wow. Um, you know, and I was devastated. And I got linked up with a producer here in Nashville who believed in me a lot, and he wanted to produce songs for me. And, and side note, producers are one of the people you do pay. There's some people in this business that mm-hmm. overcharge, but producers are a paid service. Pay your producers. Um, and so he wanted to produce some songs for me and pitch to labels, and I was 25. I had no money. Um, and my parents took out a line of credit on their house to pay him. I mean, oh, so... Wow. You know, wow. I can't, I have endless stories like that where, where, you know, it's like I've come up against an opportunity and if money was the only thing standing in the way, and I don't come from a wealthy family, but my parents and my grandmother or whoever, we would sit down and assess it and if it felt worth it to everybody, and I come from very entrepreneurial, very smart people, um, then they found a way. They found a way to make sure I wasn't held back because of, a few thousand dollars here and there. And I understand not everybody has that kind of support, but man, I don't take it for yeah. granted for one second, you know, mm-hmm. that is really awesome. And, and because you're talking about family, I think the perfect time to bring our, we always have our eight year old come on and ask one question. Yay! <laughs> and, on and we got a one year old daughter that when, when she gets a little older, we'll include her too. <laughs> but right now, I love it. Him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Here's okay. Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Haina. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food? Oh, that is such a good question. Okay, well, I have a lot of favorite foods, but the first thing that just came into my head is, I, I maybe because I've been making it a lot, but I am like a fried rice and kung pao chicken girl. That's probably one of my favorite <laughs> meals to eat. Oh, wow. What's yours, though, Chris? <laughs> uh, um, so uh, mine is pizza. Pizza is a really. I almost said pizza too. How do you? How do you not love pizza? That's one of the greats. Yeah, he could eat it morning, okay, lunch, and dinner. Bye, Christopher. <laughs> he comes and goes. <laughs> but if we don't, if we don't include him, then he'll get upset. We had, um, oh, we had, yes. we actually had somebody ghost us in the middle of the show one time. Uh huh. So one first, time. Only time what? that's ever happened. And I know that they go yeah. I thought it was just technical issues, but I know they go to mm-hmm. this because we've reached out to them afterwards. No text back, no um, Never no heard email, back no nothing. Anything. So they oh ghosted it in the middle of the show. And he got a little yeah. upset because he didn't get to ask his question. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. He loves to be a part of it so much. <laughs> what, a, what a bizarre thing to do. Oh, yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, everybody that we've talked to about that, so they've never heard that happening. Well, well it happened to us. I mean, we always get yeah. the first. At that. <laughs> <laughs> one time, thankfully, only one time. Yeah, but. yeah, that's. I guess that's not too bad. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, if you if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Wow, that is the first time I've ever gotten that question. That is saying something. Okay, if I could co-write with anybody, dead or alive. Okay, I would want to co-write with Dolly Parton. I think she's one of the great songwriters of our time. And I don't know that I've got a specific subject matter in mind. Maybe we would write about, you know, being... Being tough but feminine women. I feel like that's Dolly Parton's like whole thing, go. and I love it about her. But she's just—I mean, like she's mm-hmm. no BS, and she's hysterical, and she's really smart, and she's very driven and extremely successful, obviously. But she hasn't lost that kind of beautiful, feminine, nurturing yeah. side of her. That I, I think that's mm-hmm. a hard balance to strike sometimes, and I just think that she is just a, such a beautiful example of being able as a woman to just. <laughs> Be all the things, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. really awesome. So let um, I'm about to ask a question, and I'll explain why I'm asking it this way. Um, because I got okay. a, pur- a purpose for this question. Let's say you had a magic wand, and what you're about to okay. say would come true 100%. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it that way, because I want people to think, because this past February, 
made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And the answer that she gave back then is how she's living right now. I mean, you couldn't – I mean, looking at her life right now, you couldn't pick a better what she said for where she's at. And it's amazing yeah. to see that. So I like to word it in that way so it get people to not just say, I want this. I want, I want to get people to really think, you know what, it can happen. It happened for her. Yeah. So it can happen for you. You know, so where would you be if all bets were off? And it would come true. If all bets were off, five years from now, I would be an internationally known household name, touring the world, people singing my songs, packed arenas, maybe some awards on the shelf. Wouldn't turn that down, although I would don't put all my stuff <laughs> in that either. You know, I think that uh, your fan base tells you everything you need to know about your success level. Um, true. And just having the ability to take care of my family, give back some of that incredible generosity, you know, surprise them with things like beautiful, a beautiful house or a great trip somewhere and have the financial freedom to be able to do things like that and compensate the people that have been on my team for so long and make sure they're living well and they're financially stable as a result of the success that I could create. And, um, you know, and, it, and being able to stand on that platform, I think, with great privilege comes great responsibility and I, I would love yep. to be in a position to get behind some some causes that I believe in and I think you can do that mm-hmm. at every level but there's something about being a you know a well-known name and having the, the financial resources to go make a difference in the world so I would hope that with that uh, dream reality that then I could go and, and give back a little bit I love that answer um, thank you so let's say that you have a friend and you've heard them sing, mm-hmm. and let's say they've got a great tone, and you could tell they got something special about them. And, yeah. And, and, this would be, and this would be pre-COVID advice, of course. <laughs> I kind of have to go there. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's say that they've played 10, 20 shows. So they haven't done a whole lot, but they've done some. And, they've, and they, as you said, it, they got that, that music bug, that stage bug. They just know deep down this is what they're supposed to do with the rest of their life. What advice would you give that person? that will help guide them the next two, three, four years? Yeah, I mean, there's so much, like, technical business advice that I could give a younger artist from everything I've been through, but I think that the best advice that I could give in a general statement is that this is an endurance run. This is not necessarily Mm. about the most Mm -hmm. talented individual, the most popular individual. This is about the person that can run the longest without giving up because you're going to watch as you go on in your career, you've got this bottom tier of artists and that bottom tier is packed to the gills with people that mm-hmm. think that they can do this. And then you work your way up to that next level of the pyramid and it's still kind of packed, but it's thinned out a little bit and on and on and on you go until yeah. finally you hit the top and there's only like, you know, 1% of those people left. And, and people walk for different reasons. Some people find out this is not for me, and that's an admirable reason to pack it in. Just go, you know. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You don't need to, to, to death. Somebody, if you're really passionate about this, you're really, really convicted that this is what you want to do. You surround yourself with good people. You take feedback. Mm-hmm. You throw your craft. You're in voice lessons. You're in the gym. You're watching how other artists do things. You're co-writing, and you keep moving. Do not get out of line. Don't lose your place in line. It's okay to sit in the floor of your living room and cry and feel like, what am I doing with my life? That is normal. Um, But you just got to keep running the race because people get tired and they bench themselves. And if you can be, you can be at that finish line when everybody else has benched themselves, then, then you're in, you're in, you got a real fighting chance. So that's the, that's my advice. Yeah, you know it's like the joke I remember hearing before, but I love this one, where two guys are out camping, and all of a sudden they see a bear, and mm-hmm. one guy's putting on his shoes, and the other guy says, "You can't outrun that bear." He says, "I don't have to outrun the bear; he's got to outrun you." Ha! <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. You've got to outrun that portsmouth. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> when you said that, it kind of made me think of that little joke. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so true. Because, <laughs> mm. yeah, when you go back, you look at people, I mean, 
that there are people in different types of businesses out there that they go year after year after year and nothing. And then all the people that moved ahead of them, all of a sudden they're dying out and they're falling apart. And, you know, because again, like you said, the higher you go, the more responsibility you got. And some people can't handle that. So you got people past them and then they fizzle out, but they just keep that steady pace. They're moving. And then all of a sudden, five years in, 10 years in, Something just happens. They get that one song that's a game changer. And almost every yeah. big artist has that one song that just changed everything. Yep. You're absolutely but right. But it took them 10 yeah. years to get to that song. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 10-year mm-hmm. overnight success. <laughs> so as we come to our last question here, um, what is a question – that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? You know, that's not the first time I've been asked that either. I don't have an answer to that. I, <laughs> I wish I did. I need to think about that because I, I don't go into interviews with any expectations. I, honest to God, am, it's, still, it's still a moment of gratitude that anybody wants to talk to me about my music. So I don't, I don't really stop and go, gosh, I wish they'd ask me this. You know, I – I, I feel like, you know, this, you guys have done a great job. I mean, sometimes you get very generic questions, but I, I feel like if you get an opportunity to talk about the real struggle, the real accomplishment, you know, what it's meant to you to do right. it, how it feels to connect with your music, I mean, I think that those are the things that, that are really important to talk about, and I, I, I don't really have any – I definitely have been in some interviews where I'm like, holy moly, it's the same three questions, <laughs> you know, you can talk about, <laughs> oh. on a radio tour where it's like, you know, Groundhog Day every day. Um, but no, I, I, I will really, you know what, I'm going to think about what do I wish someone would ask me? And if something hits me, I'm going to message you guys on Facebook with the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause, cause we, we've actually built our show around that question, you know, um, and, you know, I think I did miss one of the questions, so we'll end with this one. What's something quirky about you? Something quirky about me? Yep. Uh, let me think about that. There's, there's something quirky. Okay, I don't know why. I have to have <laughs> the TV volume at an even number. <laughs> That's Isn't uh-huh. that weird? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so my fiance likes to like if I have it on like thirty four, he likes to just click it mm-hmm. up one or come down one. Just to, just to like see if I'm gonna notice and I never I'm like, Why did you do that? He's like, I just to see if you notice <laughs> I, I, I do I do that to Sandy because Sandy places every item a certain way. So sometimes I'll walk by and yeah. turn something just a tad and yep, she'll notice. <laughs> Yeah, I say this I every know, time. I always you. know. Yes, you know. You know exactly where you set that thing. Don't mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, that's a quirky thing. I have I have volume on an even number. I, I maybe I don't know. That's weird. I should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell everybody how they can reach you. Yep, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hannah Anders Music. Hannah is H-A-N-N-A-H. Um, you can find me online, hannahanders.com. And everywhere you download and stream music, Hannah Anders, whether that's Amazon or Spotify or Apple Music, um, all of our stuff is there. I run my social media, so if you message me or you comment, I, I am the one responding. I try to respond to every single thing. Um, and I, I'm not always able, but I, but I do try. So um, I love to connect with people there. Please reach out. Uh, if you've got venues you want to see us play in, please reach out with those. I always pass those to my booking agent. Um, who's another one? Let me just give her a quick shout-out. Brittany Adams, my booking agent. We were talking about our team. Y'all, oh, booking yeah. is the hardest mm-hmm. element of this whole thing. If people do not know yeah. you and they do not know that you mm-hmm. exist, they do not know to keep booking you. So I cannot tell you that's been the hardest role to fill, and we have got a gal now, Brittany Adams of BA Entertainment, and I cannot sing her oh, praises well. enough. She's just fantastic and uh we had a very very busy few months coming up which obviously we've had to take a break from but i hopefully the end of the summer tour will stay and um so thank you Brittany, for all of that but i will send any venue uh requests to her as well and um yeah that's how you find me just when in doubt google hannah anders i'll infiltrate your google search 
<laughs> that is really awesome, and we love having you on today. It is. Thank yes. you so much. I've really loved talking to you both, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the support and the encouragement and the, the um, exposure to your listeners, and thank you so much for that. And we're actually going to be moving eventually to Nashville, so we're looking forward to being up there. Hey, yes. awesome. We'll do some in-person interviews then. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's absolutely. We will. <laughs> and, well, thank and you, you know both again. Look, I really, really appreciate it. Yep, we look forward to having oh, you on the show down the road the with some updates. That would be great. Hopefully I'll have the, that five-year update to give you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you <laughs> soon. All right. Thank you both. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today, um, and both shows, matter of fact. Um, it was really awesome, great day, and as always, we've got another one for you tomorrow, and it's going to be a great one. See you later.